It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. And Wednesday will be like a Friday, which is why you have then Thanksgiving off. And many of you have two days off. Some have one, many have two. I really feel bad for those poor people who have to work Black Friday. I know it's where you make the bulk of your money at these retail stores and so on. And, but dear Lord, and I just so you know, don't participate in Black Friday just because of that reason, mob mentality, all that kind of stuff. But still, all right. And, and then there's Cyber Monday, which you get to shop online for all of that stuff. But yeah, that's that's the weekend for you. Go fight with your relatives. Go shopping and buy them stuff, even though you hate them after Thanksgiving Day. The first of the week, though, pretend to work because nobody's really going to get anything done. You remember when you were in school and there was a, a holiday coming up. And so the, if it was a long weekend, the day before, teachers would bring in something to watch on television. Or for those of us who are old enough to remember, the teacher would bring in a movie projector. Yeah, especially when it came to the last day of school. So anyway, that's what most people will be doing, pretending to work for the rest of the week. And I'm kind of with you. I'll get a little bit done today, but <clears throat> closer we get to Thanksgiving, the dumber this show's going to get. Trigger warning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move. I have to screenshot something here. I just... Have to take a picture of this. Um, it is a very rare thing. Okay, so uh, Miss Mary sends me a note, and just a heads up: I don't see Frank Gambino here today. And I sent her a note saying, "Right, Frank's in Chicago. He's taking the week off. He's with family." To which she answers, "You're right." Okay, see, right, Miss Mary just said that I was right about something. So hang on, Mary. I'm actually going to do this on my phone. And I'm going to go ahead and there we go. There's a shot of that. Okay, I've got the evidence now. And yes, I'll be posting that, Miss Mary, on my own social media, just letting people know that Mary said that I was right about something. It was a small thing, but I will take my victories wherever I can. That's one of them. Okay. Off to the next thing here. Now, this is kind of work-related, so let's just go ahead and dive into it. we got to be careful of the story here because it's Wyoming public media. And whenever it's public media in general, you know it's going to be very left-leading. They like to disguise it as in, I'm not, we're not left-leading, we're not, we're non-biased. But as you know, they're heavily biased. But okay, story says, billions in new federal money is coming to the rural west are people noticing? Story says federal officials have already directed more than $50 billion to the Mountain West for infrastructure, climate, and technology projects. It's part of Biden administration's investing in America agenda. 
which includes massive spending packages like the infrastructure law, the inflation reduction, and it says bipartisan Infrastructure Law and Inflation Reduction Act. Yes, there were a few Republicans that voted for this, but do not get the impression that most Republicans are in favor of this. Most Republicans are not, and I'll explain why in just a moment. Story says this money can have major impacts on rural towns and communities in the region, but some residents either aren't noticing or don't care. Many Republicans support rebuilding roads and bridges, but they haven't been swayed from their support for former President Donald Trump. What does that have to do with it? I'll go again. I'll get into it. In China, well, what is was the Democrats supposed to buy your votes? So Biden sends in about $50 billion, but that doesn't sway you from Trump. What does that have to do with it? Honestly. You, you like Trump for different reasons. Biden is not going to buy your favor. All right. In Cheyenne, a town of about 65,000 people, residents are usually within a few minutes. Drive from a project funded by new federal dollars. Crews cleaned up an abandoned building to prepare for redevelopment. Added a jetway at the airport and redesigned several roads and highway interchanges. One local resident named Judy Engelhart is in favor of some of the government spending, but says many people don't know if the money comes from federal or state coffers. Quote, infrastructure is really important, but I think sometimes it gets too political, she said. We probably have money here, but nobody's putting up any signs for it because nobody wants to say, yeah, we're using government money. Well, of course not. Especially when you take a look at how much in debt we are. This money that's coming into our area, your federal government doesn't have. This is massive deficit spending, which is not good for the country. Not good for the future of the country. Story, now remember, we're reading a public media story. So Cheyenne is located Wyoming's most populous county, which Trump carried by 28 percentage point in 2020. Uh, Kenny Shroud, a longtime GOP member, and plans to vote Republican next year. Still, he likes many aspects of the Inflation Reduction Act. I'm glad they're doing that. They probably need to do more because I know, especially with bridges, I know they're deteriorating. But we are still, are we, here we go, are we stealing from Peter to serve Paul? Is that how we're doing this? So again, he, he, I'm glad to see the work. In other words, he's saying, but where are we getting this money from? Beyond concerns about federal debt and inflation, other residents dislike Biden because of his age, immigration policies, involvement in foreign conflicts. There's more than that. There's much more than that. I mean, they, yeah, uh, if they think he's – this is what they put into the story. We dislike Biden because of immigration policies, involvement in foreign affairs and his age. That's all you can think to mention because um, – in talk radio, there's programs that go all day long explaining why not, and including the man should have been put in jail a long time ago. But let's just forget all of that, right? And again, do they have this idea that, well, we can just be bought off? We're, we're going to invest $50 billion into your community. Therefore, you like us now. Quote, there's more money being spent in other places. We need more money spent at home, said Larry Palmer, serving American homeless people, veterans, mental health, things like that. Right? Residents of other part of the regions, uh, similar statements, Biden carried only about a fifth of the Mountain West counties in 2020. 
and gained most of his support in urban areas. Not surprising, but some Democrats say he needs to tighten the margins in rural areas, rebuild the party brand. Well, now, I don't think they understand what that means. Again, do you plan to just spend? What, I, have you been not listening to us? The man need, it should have been put in jail a long time ago for a number of different reasons. So if he gives us a bunch of money for projects, gee, that's nice. By the way, how are future generations going to pay that off? All right, let's read on. Um, in recent uh, trip to Colorado and Wyoming, Interior Secretary touted climate provisions in the Inflation Reduction Act. Well, here again, that's why Wyoming looks at it and says, please, stop. Projects are plugging orphan wells. That's fine. Conserving water, fine. At his speech in Jackson Hole, he said the Biden administration wants to help people, whether they voted red or blue. Yeah, but again, at what expense? Where is this money coming from? We all know it's massive deficit spending. Quote, the Biden-Harris administration recognizes the significance of the West in meeting our goals for more equitable, sustainable, and successful future. Okay. Uh, again, use got to throw those buzzwords in there. You have to throw the buzzwords of equitable, sustainable. A future that serves every single person, no matter the zip code, yada, yada, yada. That's just uh, political speak, really. Other officials have also been busy. Agricultural Secretary in New Mexico this year says investment in broadband Internet, which should that should be a private sector thing. Government should not be investing in broadband internet. That's private sector. Environmental Protection Agency, and people here out in Wyoming hate the EPA, to learn about carbon capture, which Wyoming needs to stop carbon capture. Talk about a waste. Um, And then highlighted the uh, nation's improving electric grid. Okay, improving electric grid? Where? It's not improving. It's getting worse. And clean energy. Well, the kind of energy you're touting is not clean. Hold on. This goes on. 617, Wake Up Wyoming. Got something to say to Glenn? Use the chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. Six twenty-four is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Well, Mary will be very careful to never say I'm right ever again. Um, <clears throat> see, Miss Mary said, "Did she just paid me a compliment?" Sorry, it's too late, Mary. I, she said that I was right about something. It's a very tiny victory, really. It's insignificant. But I screenshotted it, Miss Mary, and I put it up on my social media, so everybody sees now that you said I was right about something. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, the pretending to work article is fun. I. All right, so um, if you're just joining me, what I'm talking about here, and I decided to respond to it tomorrow in an article that I'll write up, and I'll, I'll probably repeat this segment a little bit later on today for those people who get up later. You know, the lazy bums who get up and join us about 8 o'clock. So uh, Wyoming Public Media does this story that the Biden administration has spent about $50 billion out here, and a lot of us are just not even not noticing or unappreciative of it. Well, first off, it's $50 billion in deficit spending, massively putting us in debt. We're already $33 trillion in debt. Biden dumps another $13 trillion in there. 
We can't. This is going to wreck us. It's going. It's wrecking our economy. But then, but why aren't you so happy with? And they put in things like, well, we put in things like uh, carbon sequestration. Stop it, then. If you're wasting the money on that, which, by the way, there's an article that I put up last week, which was based on a Wildfall article, that carbon sequestration in Wyoming is going to bump your electric bill quite a bit. Up, bump it up. Why are we not happy with all of this money? Why would we not vote for Biden with all the money he spent out here? Because it's not about the money. He should, first off, not be spending all the money. We don't like a lot of what he's spending the money on, but also he needs to be in jail. Jude and Casper, I don't like Biden because he's a lying, corrupt, nasty old man. You know, he was lying and corrupt when he was a young man. Mark, in a godforsaken hill just outside of Casper, I have to say that if we are going to be coming into money anyway, we need to be talking per capita payment and a return to the poor, elderly, and disabled tax rebate program. Now, I actually think we shouldn't be spending the money at all. But all right. The story goes on to say these visits from Biden's staff, major part in Biden's re-election agenda, it's unclear if they're paying off. Recent poll shows that 7 in 10 Americans have heard little or nothing of the Inflation Reduction Act. Stop right there. The Inflation Reduction Act has nothing to do with reducing inflation. As Biden himself admitted, the title was a lie. Quote, I think there's more that can be done to communicate what's happening on the ground, whether it's construction sites, workforce training programs. Yeah, well, uh, thanks uh, Thanks a lot for providing us with unreliable, not clean, unsustainable energy that's raising our electricity rates. Thank you for that. Gosh, we really appreciate it out here. Story says, in some cases, there's laws protecting residents and improving public health in Rawlins, which has about uh, 10,000 people, water crisis. Okay, so this, they wanted to go in and fix that, so they provided money. Uh, but again, the idea, look, I, I have no problem um, with you know, basic infrastructure needs, but we have to watch where the money comes from and how we spend it and on what kind of programs. I mean, again, Biden is not going to get you to vote for him because he spent $50 billion. And I don't care what he spent the $50 billion on. And it's also very important to take a look at where he got the $50 billion from. All of that needs to be taken into account. And this Wyoming public media story here, they're just scratching their heads, not getting it. Why Why are, Why don't you – why do you still like Trump? Why? Because Trump got our economy going and things were getting fixed because an economy was gone. Biden, in the meantime, is still trying to shut down some of our important industries out here, coal, gas, and oil, despite carbon sequestration. Yeah. You and the cattle industry aren't doing well under him either. Coming up on 6.30, local news coming your way right after local news. Update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it again after that. Wake up, Wyoming. With Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-Woods. 
6.36 of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. So some of the comments here, if you're just joining me. So I was going through a Wyoming public media article, which right away is suspect because it's Wyoming public media. And the story's all about, I, they're so confused. Biden administration has spent about $50 billion out this way. And we don't either, either we don't notice or we don't appreciate it. Hasn't shifted the poll numbers away from Trump as a spending money on things that are not making our life worse, like climate change agenda is making our life worse. And there's also increasing inflation out here and making our electricity more intermittent and putting people out of work. That's not spending money in the right way. Again, I'll write more about this in an article, but they were so confused. Why? I don't, they don't understand. Are you not more in favor of Biden after they spent all of this money? Uh, Shane, in case he, Trump can't be trusted. Frankly, Shane, I don't really trust anyone right now. It's been so bad. Which I, I, there's very few people that I look at and think, hey, I trust you. I, I want you. And see. And then uh, Cheesehead and Judah, let me go back to your original comment here because I sent you a note on it. Uh, let me see. Never forget where the money is stolen from us. Oh, okay. So he says, uh, and that $5 billion is our money, which is which case I blend. It, it belongs to the not born yet. They have yet to pay it off. And he said, absolutely. I've always, uh, I always seem to forget they're spending money that hasn't been stolen yet. Yet they are, they are. No, that's a good way to put it. They are spending money that hasn't been stolen yet, but will be stolen from future generations. If you're wondering where all of this is coming from. What can I do for you today? I would like to raise my debt limit. Excuse me? My debt limit. I'd like to raise it. Because the last time I checked, Mr. Smith, you were in serious debt. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. Figured we should raise that limit. Yeah, it says here you're $140,270 in debt. Right. So I figured we should raise that limit to about 170000 I just bought a 60-inch flat screen. Have you ever been to Australia? No. Leaving tomorrow, mate. You should check it out. Great parasailing. Do you have some new income that I don't know about? Uh, no, still making about twenty-one grand a year. Okay, and are you still spending $38,000 a year? That's what it says. So you're adding $17,000 a year in debt. Wow, is that what it comes out to? Debt limit going up. Ding. Uh, have you made any cuts in your expenses? Oh, of course, yes. Uh, my wife and I cut $380 out of our annual budget. It's $380. Brutal. Huh. Okay, so you're 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 making, you're adding. Okay, so you're adding seventeen thousand dollars a year to your one hundred and forty thousand dollars in debt, and you cut three hundred eighty dollars. Well, you say it like that, it makes it not sound like a lot. Hey, maybe you should think about generating some new income. Maybe a new job. Maybe ask for that raise. Oh, asking for that raise. That's not. I'm not comfortable. That's an awkward conversation. I. I I've always been able to raise my debt limit. Yeah, well, th this is a little different. Well, how? We're in the middle of a recession, and your credit rating will plummet if you continue to go along this path. I almost had it. Um, you, you don't see how bad this is, do you? I cut my budget by $380. Are you kidding? I'm sorry, Mr. Smith. We can't help you. Just a little. I am... I'm very sorry. My wife is going to lose it. Been there. 
I mean, three hundred eighty dollars was bad enough. I mean, this is going to end our marriage. We stopped talking to each other for a month. The baby was totally freaked out. Wait, you have kids? Yeah. Yeah. And here's the point of all of this. So now they bring this kid in. Sign there. Little girl. She oh, signs the contract in crayon. I mean, she's got plenty of time to deal with all this, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Are we all set? You're so all set. We're all just, right. They raised the debt limit because they're just going to push all of that off on future generations. So that's what's happening. Now, why shouldn't we be excited out here in the West that Biden spent so much money on us? Because, again, a lot of what he spent the money on has caused inflation, has cost jobs, has is, is raising our utility rates and providing energy that's intermittent and not clean and not green. Your wind and solar, in other words. There's many other things he's done as well that just we're, we don't like the guy for so many reasons out here. Trying to shut down industries, coal, gas, oil, cattle, so many other industries. And is BLM going after our land the way they are right now? So I mean, the, the list goes on. Yet somehow, Wyoming public media seems to not understand all of this. Their ideas, but he spent $50 billion that he doesn't have, that the nation doesn't have. See how frustrating this is? Yeah, so what I'll do is I'll go ahead and write up part of what I explained here, plus a little bit more. And when I get done with the article, I make sure to send it to Wyoming Public Media. And I'm sure they won't read it. 642, Wake Up Wyoming. He's not a politician, but his pants are on fire. Could someone grab an extinguisher? Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Well, this isn't working out. I'll give him a try again in just a minute or so. But So, uh, Frank Gambino is in Chicago. He's enjoying Thanksgiving with the family. You know, in a gunfight in Chicago somewhere, I'm sure. That's what happens. What what you do when you go back to Chicago? So, I was supposed to get a hold of David Settle in Laramie, and he's not answering right now. But that's okay. So, you liked my article, huh, Miss Mary? I like this one too. I wrote an article, Wyoming employees pretending to work days before Thanksgiving. No, I explained this earlier in the hour. So remember when you were a kid in school and it was the day before a holiday or long weekend, whatever it might be, and the teacher really did not much, just sort of killed time. You showed up for school for what reason? Because you were supposed to spend one more day in school? Nobody's doing anything. If you're old enough to remember, the teacher would uh, push in on a cart a movie projector so we could watch a movie. Today, they just put something up on the television up there. Now, the teacher is just going to have us watch something and not pay attention because we're all just sort of goofing off for the day. So, okay, let's see. Family, friends gather for Thanksgiving, and nobody's working this week, not even the boss. Well, some bosses will, but the rest of us. So let's say, uh, take your, your construction worker, uh, pick up a couple of boards and put them over there. Then pick up some boards and put them back over here. Fiddle around with the toolbox a little bit, right? Gotta look like you're spending time pretending to organize the tool belt for that matter. Act like you're looking for something that you dropped. Whatever, but don't get anything done. Got to be careful, though. Sometimes pretending not to work is more work than actually getting work done. But okay. 
Are those people in the office? Papers on your desk? Okay. Turn the pages. Have a pen in your hand like you're going to mess with a calculator nearby in the other hand. And act like you're getting ready to calculate something What on the paper there is really important. Meantime, there's really not much going on in your head that's like work. Okay. Uh, pick up the phone. Nod. Understand. That's a good idea. Act like you're dialing or looking up a phone number for that matter. Okay. That Most people around you are not fooled because they're doing the same thing. Some people make the mistake of putting too much effort into looking like they're working. And again, actually, that becomes more like work. So if it's not working, go sit with fellow employees and talk about nothing. Just make it sound like the conversation you're having is work-related, even though it's really not. And especially when the boss comes around. Now, if you got a good boss, sometimes your boss will walk in the room and engage with you in useless conversation. Because like in school, you're all there doing the same thing, filling the time. Nobody's actually getting anything done. The most clever employee knows that his boss is really goofing off too. So he engages the boss in conversation for hours. Nothing gets done. So right now... For example, I'm supposed to be here doing a radio show. I'm supposed to be talking to you guys about important things. Dave Settle is supposed to be on with me doing sports. He's not here. He's goofing off. But instead of doing a sports break, what am I doing right now? Right, exactly. Yeah, what, what you see here is me, uh, or here, is me goofing off on the radio. I was supposed to be getting something done that you're used to at this time, but it's not happening, is it? In fact, if you go read my article on goofing off at work, you realize by the end of the article, writing the article itself was nothing but goofing off. It could have been a serious article about something, but it was about goofing off. And nothing was accomplished by the end of the article. That's what the whole point of the article is about. So I know the next couple of days you're going to show up for work and you're going to get at mo Monday a moderate amount of work done. By Tuesday, a little bit less. By Wednesday, if anyone shows up, they're just showing up to hang out with everybody else and nothing will actually get accomplished. Now, I hope that after Thanksgiving we get to Friday most of you will still have the day off. Now, forget that's Black Friday. Retail employees will have no choice. That is one of the worst days of the year for them. Be nice to them. Retail employees make up retail stores in general make a lot of money on Black Friday. They really make a ton of money on that. It's one of the most important days. It's also one of the toughest days for any of them. So please be nice to retail employees on Black Friday because they have to deal with not just you, but people who are far worse than you. You know what I mean by that. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of, we're going to roll into news time after that. National, local update on your weather forecast, and you and I get back into it again. We'll do open phones early, all of that. It's Wake Up Wyoming.
thúc Six to time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. I'm going to go ahead and check something. I didn't have this plan, but I'm just decided to do it right now. Let's see. Get over to that file over there. There's a program called Flight Aware. And what that allows you to do is just watch uh, what's out there, you know, airplanes out there traveling across country. So I'm calling it up right now because if you go to this, you can take a look at every airplane in the country flying around right now. It's busy out there. Oh, wow. Okay, but not as bad as it's going to be. I was just listening to every... It is bad. Holy crap. Yeah, there's a lot of planes out there. Uh, <clears throat> Florida's really a mess right now. But okay, it just shows every single plane uh in the country, depending on what kind of filter you put on. I have an airliner filter on to see what's flying around the country. That's because people, of course, are going to go home Thanksgiving. Then I, there's ways to look at what the roads are doing and so on. But today's not the busiest day. And this hour is really not the busiest hour. We get into Tuesday, Wednesday. Those are the busiest times for flying. So what I'm looking at now is nothing compared to what's coming up. Also, the most expensive times, which is why when I used to try to go down to visit my family in Florida on the holiday. But then I, and I knew right away not to do that, but I tried anyway. Yeah, it's a holiday, right? You want to be there. Not only was it outrageously expensive, but... I worried the whole way that, oh, my flights are going to be canceled or delayed or whatever. None of that ever happened to me, but it came close a few times. But I always made it. Then one day while looking at it, I realized, you know, between the holidays, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, in there, there's a spot where basically nothing is happening. So like a week after Thanksgiving is when I take my final vacation of the year to go visit family. Now, family doesn't mind. I know they're all at work, but that's okay. Uh, there's plenty I can do until they get off work. So I get to go have my fun, and then they all come home from work, and we have our fun. Okay, there's things that we do. So it makes it for a really great vacation time with family, and everything is taken care of. And my round-trip ticket to Florida and back was like, I'm flying out of Casper, Wyoming, going to Denver, flying to Tampa, and then the reverse on the way back. Total round trip cost $377. So you see what I mean by this really doesn't add up to a lot of money. And the hassle, there's the, there's not as many planes in the air, and what planes are in the air don't have any people on them. So that's when I do it. That's what I put in my book, The Uncomplicated Life, one of the things I found to save time and money and hassle is don't do things when everybody else does things. Just don't. Now, later on this hour, 745, Don Day comes on, and we'll give the first of you updates for your Thanksgiving travel for those who will be traveling around the region. I do have a story up in the Wake Up Wyoming site. The short answer is this. Today, not bad weather-wise. It's okay. Tuesday, Wednesday are great travel days throughout this whole region, not just Wyoming, but throughout the region. 
Thursday, if you're going to travel to see family, get it done early. Because the system starts to move in early morning from Montana, moving on down through. And the later it gets in the day, the more that system fills up the state. So if you're going to travel to see family on Thanksgiving, get it done really early. Okay, That's when it's not going to be bad at all. The later in the day it gets, the worse it's going to get. Okay, so Don Day and I will talk about that at 745. Morning, Milo. Using Fort Danger, there's an app for ship and boat locations. You think there's a lot of airplanes? Check out the ship app. I think I will. I will. No, that's kind of interesting to me. Um, because I, I guess, Milo, that the ships also have transponders on them, you know, the big vessels, just like the airplanes do, so we can see where they are. It also is funny to take a look at where those ships and where those planes are and then ask the Flat Earth Society to explain that. That's always hysterical to me. All right, so a couple of stories I have lined up for you here. I'm going to spend a little bit of time on. Then we'll get into the open phone thing. All right. Let's talk about immigration for just a minute here. Democrat-led cities all wanted to jump on the virtue signal wagon, and they wanted to be sanctuary cities. Now, it sounds great if you say you're a sanctuary city, but you have no plans to actually be one. You can virtue signal all day long, but when you actually have to do the work of being a a sanctuary city, well, hell, no one really wanted to do that. So the story here says some Democrat cities are spending taxpayer dollars. I told you about this last week. On plane and train tickets for migrants to move to other places. Democrat-led cities pay migrant tickets to other places. And that money, by the way, is running out real fast. Nearly half of the 27,000 illegal immigrants who arrived in Denver, for example, November 2022, have chosen the bus plane train tickets to other cities in the U.S., New York, Illinois, taxpayer dollars are also being spent on tickets, creating a shuffle of illegal immigrants into the interior of the U.S. who need food and shelter and medical assistance and so on. And these are the people who, by the way, when those illegals showed up by bus, and in some cases plane, when southern cities or, or states like Texas and Florida and some other places took those people and put them on any kind of transportation and sent them to sanctuary cities, the sanctuary cities screamed bloody murder about how racist that was. And now they are doing the same thing. The transfer has gained momentum, the story says, since the governor of Texas and Florida started chartering buses and planes to Democrat-led cities. And, of course, it caused a crisis. Now, still, when it, when those Democrat-led cities said, this is a crisis for us. Really? You should see what it's like in Texas and Florida and other southern states. You think you got it bad. You don't have anywhere near what they have down there in those southern states. So don't talk crisis here. The efforts show an increase in pressure for those cities as more illegal immigrants from around the globe are coming to the U.S., Fleeing all sorts of different reasons. So, okay, I have that story. Okay, now some of that I explained to you last week. And there's this. I'm going to need you, says New York City Mayor. This is a moment where it's all hands on deck, he said. 
The mayor pleads with New York City's richest residents to help pick up the tab for the city, which is now cash-strapped. Quote, that's the way it goes. New York goes America. The way New York goes is how American goes. But I'm going to need more than ever the support of these organizations. And he talks about various rich people, too. A moment where our philanthropic investments must align. He also told residents he has to cut spending on New Yorkers because city law prioritizes funding for economics of illegal immigrants. So, quote, the city law and lobby groups ensure that migrants get shelter and food at the cost of up to $400 a day per person. Really? Forcing the taxpayers to cost uh, above $12 billion. Those are those costs are being paid by diverting funds from programs for ordinary Americans, such as policing and schools. But New York Democrats refuse to change the laws or raise taxes. They really can't raise taxes anymore, can they? I mean, honestly, how do they even raise taxes anymore in New York City? Instead, they insist the U.S. taxpayer outside of New York pay the bill. And they're begging for rich people to step up. New York City is shelling out about $400 a night per migrant family. Okay. Brightboard News reported September 23rd, noting some of the illegal immigrants are raking in about $3,000 a month by working illegally as well. They took jobs. Social media commented on the Post article, one person writing, Sanctuary City, baby. Well, okay. That, again, it sounds great. We want to be a sanctuary city. We and To virtue signal it sounds wonderful. You're a wonderful person because you have declared your city to be a sanctuary city. So everybody who lives in the sanctuary city, you're all just wonderful people. Sounds wonderful, right? Until you actually have to do the work. Then all of a sudden you realize why some people were wanting to build a border wall. 716 Wake Up Wyoming. Live and local all across Wyoming. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS for the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Seven twenty-two is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, so triple eight ninety-seven Woods the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety-seven W O O D S. I'm going to expand what I was talking about just a little bit, actually quite a bit. So what I was talking about was how sanctuary cities are now running into problems. Well, they have been for a while, but really getting bad because well, they claim to be sanctuary cities. They they virtue signal that they were sanctuary cities. They all voted in favor. Some of them unanimously. City council is voting in favor. So everybody in the city that was in favor of sanctuary city status, they were all proud of themselves. They're better than everybody else who didn't do that until they had to be a sanctuary city and do the work. And it's often that way when it comes to different kinds of virtue signaling. So, for example, you know, I, I pick on the cult of climate change a lot. So all sorts of people who really love the idea that, you know, we got to fight climate change and make sure our weather's stable and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They go. They, all, they love the idea until they have to do the work, until their utility bills go through the roof and they can't afford it anymore. 
until they can't afford to drive anywhere anymore. When energy becomes intermittent, when you need it the most, it becomes intermittent. All of a sudden, all that virtue signaling sounded great when you did it. And then all of a sudden you had to do the work. And, and you found out that while life is completely miserable, I pick on those people who want us to eat bugs, you know, to save the planet. Okay, well, you go ahead and sit down and eat a bowl filled with bugs, mealworms, stuff like that. I'll, I'll watch you do it. And I want you to eat that every single day. Well, you said that this is what we need to do to save the planet, but I don't see you doing it. Well, it, it's one thing to virtue signal it. Are you actually going to do it? Yeah, when you actually have to do the work, all of a sudden it becomes really hard. Oh, you want everybody else to do the work. But uh, no, you you don't. No, virtue signaling sounds great. Like, for example, we're going to defund the police because, you know, a city council voting to defund the police. To them, sounds great. To us, it sounds, and we know, it's just absolutely ridiculous and dangerous. Don't you dare do that. Well, right, we'll go ahead and defund the police, because that's virtue signaling. And then they actually do it, and then they find the situation that they're in, and the work that they've made for themselves, how dangerous their cities have become. And they begin to learn the hard way why they had a police force in the first place. Sounds wonderful. Sounds great to virtue signal that way until you actually have to do the work. Dave is in Mills. Morning, Dave. Good morning, sir. How are you? Hello. There you are. Okay. What you got for me? Okay. Um, on the sanctuary city thing, um, you know, right now uh, they're having the problem of all the money they have to put out and everything but I don't think that they have figured out uh, that with the amount of people they've let in especially uh, mostly being younger males military aides and stuff all the terrorists that I believe have crossed the border and are setting up to take down America mm-hmm. not a conspiracy theorist but just common sense I think yeah. And when that happens, they're really going to be in a mess. Well, and it's not even just terrorists. They've let in drug dealers. And there's a lot of people from foreign countries, not just South America. It's foreign countries all over the world who escaped to America because they were wanted for something in their other country. It could, it could be a lot of things, just from thievery to rape to murder or whatever it may be. There's We have a filtering system like every other country does for a reason. And of all these people have come through unfiltered. And then for those people who worry about diseases, you know, not just COVID, pick a disease. We have a filtering system to check to make sure diseases that you and I don't want in this country don't come here. Well, now it's all just walking right across our border. I agree. Yeah. Going to be a mess. All right. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate it. Dave calling in from Mills. So now th- think about that for a minute. What, what a... Uh, border policy is supposed to be, and it's not just America. Every country has a border policy. And we're doing basic things like when someone wants to cross the border, one of the first things we do is check why are you leaving your country? Are you wanted for something? Are you a criminal of some kind? Because if you are, well, we don't want you here. We have enough of our own. 
We don't need people escaping their home country to come here. We have enough of our own problems with the criminals. As far as sickness goes, again, not just COVID, there's all sorts of diseases that are, well, they're common in one part of the world, but they're not common in another part of the world. So every country out there will check people. Have you been vaccinated for? Have you been checked for, tested for? Because we don't really want you to come into our country if you have a disease that we're not used to. Part of that is also when it comes to uh, work. Do you have enough money? Do you have a job when you get here? How are you being supported? Do you have a sponsored family? Because we don't want you to be a burden on society. As these sanctuary cities have found out, they're doling out a bunch of money. In other words, all of these people who are here illegal, illegally have become a burden on the local economy. One of the reasons that we filter is we take a look at someone's financial status. If we were to let you into this country, can you support yourself? Because we're not going to do it. You have to be able to support yourself. We're not a welfare state. Now, that's the way it used to be. We're not a welfare state. So you're going to, if you can't support yourself, can't show that you have means of support of some kind, then I'm sorry, we're not going to let you into the country. See, we used to filter out for stuff like that. And many other countries do the same thing to this day. But now we're not doing that. Anybody who wants to come across the border, come on across the border. So you see all of the problems that are being caused. Again, sanctuary cities, hey, sounds wonderful to virtue signal and say we're going to do that until you actually have to do the work. Then all of a sudden you realize why the rest of us were opposed to it in the first place. The problem is I find these sanctuary cities yet have yet to admit that they're wrong. They are, but they just can't seem to admit that they're wrong about this, despite all the problems. Coming up on 7.30, local news coming your way right after local news update on the weather forecast. And you and I will go ahead and get back into it again. Dawn Day at 7.45 with your travel forecast for the Thanksgiving week. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Serious takes on local politics, or something like that. Tune in weekdays 6 to 10 a.m. to Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six of the time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. I haven't heard much of it yet. Maybe I haven't been looking yet. Oftentimes, around this time of year, here come all the vegans and other such people. I think, well, he can't eat turkey. And they try to come up with any reason they can besides animal rights. But, you know, eating turkey is racist and Thanksgiving is racist and they all, whatever else I can think of. So for those people who would like to have uh, your vegan tofu Thanksgiving... You go right ahead. On today's special holiday episode of Raw Vegan Cooking, I'll be showing you how to prepare a raw vegan holiday turkey so you can enjoy your holiday meal just like normal people while still being better than them. Our turkey prep involves assembling our turkey out of mouth-watering raw vegan ingredients. 
If nature didn't screw up by making turkeys out of turkey meat, it would have wisely made turkeys out of tofu. It's a hormone-disrupting delight that embodies the word plain in exquisite detail. So we'll pick up the slack and improve on Mother Nature's stupid ways by using tofu to incarnate our turkey into this world. For the neck, we'll use a carrot. They're always effective cervical substitutes. We'll use a tomato as a substitute for the turkey head, and we'll use the inside of the tomato as a substitute for the brain. For the beak, we'll use the ace up the plant kingdom's anti-inflammatory sleeve, ginger, sliced. Turkey legs are everyone's favorite, but because tofu doesn't have legs, we'll substitute in broccoli drumsticks. Wooden skewers make excellent hip socket substitutes. We'll use kale for wings, just like normal turkeys will have once they evolve out of the filthy animal kingdom into the plant kingdom. Hashtag vegan. And an assortment of rosemary and dill picked fresh from my garden will make excellent feathers. Now we have our turkey. Yeah, I don't think. Now, I did find this. This is really disturbing. See, when I think of uh, stuffing, which is one of my favorite parts of the whole meal, I, of course, think of DuPont, the chemical company. They had an ad out back in the 1950s drawing of some very attractive lady. And she has a DuPont spray can. It's DuPont aerosol stuffing. Yeah, it's got at the top of the, it looks like a spray can at the top of the can. There's this tube that comes out, of which you insert into the turkey. <laughs> Press the button and Thanksgiving dinner just got a whole lot easier. New DuPont aerosol stuffing. No chopping. Uh, no cubing. No hassle. Okay. So this is, okay, fine. Uh, let's see. It's the first stuffing in a can. No muss, no fuss. Through the wonders of modern science, it says, comes the handiest, easy-to-use way to make delicious stuffing for Thanksgiving or any holiday festivity. Gone are the days of labor-intensive stuffing preparations. At least the back-breaking chore of stuffing is done in seconds. Okay, so here's how DuPont suggests that you use this. Again, this is a spray can. Easy steps, three easy steps. Don't laugh, I'm looking at an actual ad from DuPont from back in the 1950s. Step one, attach the patented uh, stuffing dispensing probe, which is the tube that goes into the <clears throat> back into the turkey. Two, insert dispensing probe into turkey cavity to be used on poultry only. Not, not relatives, I guess they mean by that, I don't know. Step three, with a touch of your finger, fill the cavity. With aerosol stuffing. Tell your grocer you want stuffing in the can. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm going to walk up to my grocer and say that to him. I'm in Wyoming. I'll probably get decked. So <laughs> that's what it says right here. Don't look at your radio that way. I'm just reading what it says. I don't think they make this stuff anymore. I'm just going out on a limb and saying stuffing in a can flopped. As a product, especially if you walked up to your grocer and said that you wanted stuffing in the can. I I just assumed that you were probably, if you did that, 
at the very least, were thrown out of the grocery store for saying that. And you're standing there wondering, what did I say wrong? I'll think about it for a couple of seconds. Anyway, yeah, that came from DuPont back in the 1950s as they were trying to come up with any kind of product. that. And I wonder how bad do you think that that would taste? I can't imagine that would. To me, that's every bit as bad as when somebody makes cranberry sauce. I'm sorry, doesn't make cranberry sauce. You know when they pour the cranberry sauce out of the can and it's on, it's served up still in the shape of the can? Yeah. I understand you want your cranberry sauce to be easy, you know, and you don't have to want to make it fresh, but when it's still the shape of the can and you're looking at it going, ew, now you know how your dog feels when you feed him a can of Alpo. 742, wake up, Wyoming. Polish off that tin hat. You'll need it for this one. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Available on demand on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Seven forty-five is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Dayweather. Okay, so we start our Monday here, Don, a little bit for a lot of Wyoming on the you know blah side. It looks like. Yeah, it's it's windy. It's chilly compared to where we've been, and. We've got a smattering of snow showers. There's some going on right now around Laramie and Cheyenne along the I-25 corridor. Uh, these showers will be around here through the morning. Nothing that will really amount to much, but they'll be around. And certainly today, a, a departure, certainly temperature-wise, from what we've seen lately. Okay. What I was happy about, and I wrote up a story this morning on the Wake Up Wyoming site based on your forecast on your Cowboy State Daily Morning podcast here, because I was looking for what are travel plans. Most people travel to see family, it turns out, on Tuesday, Wednesday. And Tuesday, Wednesday are the perfect days to go do that. It is. Tuesday and Wednesday is a really good opportunity for travel. Problem is the backside of the travel period is not looking so good. Uh, we're going to see a, a snow falling and accumulating and causing a lot of really icy roads and highways. And it will start as early as Thanksgiving Day. And we're expecting the first areas to see snow will be up north. The way the system is going to come together, Glenn, it's going to move from the north to the south. So there's a gradient so Thursday, by sunrise Thursday, it'll probably be snowing in places like Sheridan and Gillette and Billings, up around Cody and Powell. Then probably around or just after the noon hour, that snow will reach Casper. And then by later in the afternoon towards evening, it'll get down to Laramie and Cheyenne along the I-80 corridor. And then it will snow everywhere overnight yeah. Thursday into Friday morning. So it's one of those situations where getting there is great. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard to get the Thanksgiving dinner in yes. and start your trip home and, and be able to beat it. And right, you know, yeah. it really depends on where you are, but it's going to be difficult. The good news is that I do think that the worst of the travel weather is going to be late Thursday through, I'm going to call all of Friday. Um, now, over the weekend, we'll start to see the weather improve. There still could be a little bit of snow around Saturday. Uh, but by Sunday, it does look better. It's going to be really cold, and there still could be some icy conditions out there. But but if you're able to stay until the latter half of the weekend, getting home will be easier. Okay, so I might. Okay, some of these people are going to have to spend time with their relatives, not just dinner. Well, yeah, this. Okay, yeah, this, see. yeah. Just don't bring up politics. No, just kind right? of. Everybody yeah, will be fine. Unacceptable situation. Who's going to sleep on the couch? We all know that cousin Albert is going to end up sleeping on the couch anyway. 
and be there for the next six months. But everybody else needs to leave as soon as... Okay, so it sounds to me, though, like as far as Thursday goes, except for the northern part of the state, if you started traveling early Thursday and get it done early, you're good. But don't no, stay out I there don't, long. I don't want to say that yet. You don't want to say it yet? Okay. I don't want to say that yet because... The one thing, and we've talked about this before, how cold fronts a lot of times arrive sooner yeah. than predicted. And that's what gives me pause to say, no, I think Thursday is, as we go into tomorrow and Wednesday, we can fine tune it a little okay. bit. But but uh, I don't want to give the impression that Thursday travel will be okay at all. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it, Don. We'll do it again tomorrow. Don Day with Day Weather. Well, okay. I, that's a good one to clarify. I'll correct that in my story, too. Because I was thinking, hey, Thursday morning, at least you got a chance to. He's kind of hedging on that one a little bit. But if you want to get there Tuesday, Wednesday, that's absolutely the best time to travel. As far as the airlines go, no. Everybody wants to travel Tuesday, Wednesday on the airlines. Not a good time. I hate the idea that you got to go visit your family and other people and get stuck there for a couple of days. That's just, you, like he said, don't mention politics, okay? All right, so I'm having a problem getting a hold of David Settle. Frank Ambino's on vacation, so I just went ahead and started looking stuff up because people are sending me notes. When I talked about that DuPont spray can of bird stuffing for Thanksgiving, from the 1950s. That totally flopped, by the way. So I looked up what else. Okay, things. This is from Business Insider. Things you do not serve on Thanksgiving. The first thing they mention is that can of cranberry sauce. You know the kind that comes out in the shape of the can? When you don't. Don't, don't even bother to buy that stuff. The next one that I disagree with is green bean casserole. I like the green bean casserole. Just remember, if you're going to bring green bean casserole, so is everybody else. It's the easiest thing to make, so everybody brings it. So watch that. Um, I reject their, no, that's not, oh, ambrosia salad. I hate that. That's that salad that has Cool Whip. And no business calling itself salad. So it's like orange slices or whatever minced up orange with Cool Whip. No. Any kind of jello salad as a dessert. Don't even. The story says with all the delicious Thanksgiving desserts out there, why would you make a jello salad? Yeah. I you remember when you were in, for some of you in high school, you had the um <clears throat> jello slaw. This is when they took jello and they would put carrot shavings inside it. Don't. Let's see. Then they mentioned uh, the vegetable tray. Well, the vegetable tray is okay for people watching football or whatever. Now, here's where I did. It depends on who makes it. Corn pudding. Uh, it's it, it's good, again, if it's made just right. But it's tough to get the texture right. And it's like a breaded, almost like a bread pudding, but there's corn in it. Okay, if done right, it's great, but do not make anything out of the giblets, not even the gravy. Pureed squash, I like it. It depends on who's making it. Let's see. Dinner rolls, yeah, it depends on where you got the dinner rolls. Dinner rolls that are fresh made, I really like when they're really good. But if you buy one of those packages, you know what I'm talking about? The packages of dinner? No. That's horrible. 
I hate the because they're stale oftentimes. But when you got someone who's good enough to make a package, I mean, I mean to make right out of the oven dinner rolls, then great. Let's see, pumpkin pie with pickles. I've never heard of such a thing. I never. Okay. Let's see. Uh, no. Oh, the spam turkey. Yeah, people have tried making turkey out of spam. Don't even. Don't don't even try. Uh, let's see. There's um. Oh, somebody messed up the mashed. How do you mess up mashed potatoes? I don't even understand. Deep fried turkey. I would say unless you're a pro at it, don't do the deep fried turkey thing. The traditional way of doing it is a whole lot better. Let's see. There's more Thanksgiving dishes. Oh, oh. Do you like when people make the deviled eggs? Again, I think it depends on who makes the deviled eggs as to whether you're doing. Let's see. Uh, no, that turkey just looks disgusting. Someone asked me, what, do I prefer a pumpkin pie or there's a pie made out of a type of squash? And my answer is they both taste exactly the same. Go ahead and do whatever you want to do with that. Let's see. Ham or turkey? A little bit of both. Dark meat or white meat? I like the dark meat personally, but I'll take whatever's on my plate. Thanksgiving Caesar salad? No. Don't even... Okay. And then stuffing that comes in a bag. There's pre-made stuffing in a bag. Don't. Don't even do... Okay. No, there's um, a whole list of things that you shouldn't do. Here's what I do to make sure that my Thanksgiving is um, perfect. I stay the hell out of the kitchen. Heidi John, morning, Glenn. You send an invite when people accept they have to put what dish they are to bring no more duplicates. That's a good idea. If you're going to bring something to Thanksgiving, here's what I would like you to bring. That way, everybody doesn't bring the same damn thing. And everybody, of course, is going to make the easiest dish. All right, back to real news and open phones and all of that as we get into the top of the hour with news, sports. Well, no sports, but news, weather forecast. You and I get back into it with open phones. Morning, Reangie's in Fort Danger. Let's wake up, my own. Cold. Six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right. So let's get the week correct here because we have Thursday off. Some of you have Friday off too. Not everybody. But just to get your week correct. See, today is like Wednesday, even though it's a Monday. Tuesday is like Thursday. Okay. And Wednesday will be like Friday. So in effect, I'm talking to you on a Wednesday right now, even though it's Monday. I don't want to get you too confused here. Everybody does not have the weekend off. A lot of retail employees, God bless them, will be handling rude customers, especially on Black Friday. So I've no, I've I've done that. I've been the retail manager many years ago during that. Dear Lord, anytime I ever just wanted to drop the gate, lock it, and just tell everybody just. Go away, you know, would be Black Friday. But, okay, that's one of the – when you make more money than any other time during the year. So 
888-97 Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. I always give you open phones at some point every single day, so here we go. Morning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Talk about what I'm talking about or change the subject. Fine by me. Okay, let's get uh, real quick back into the state of Wyoming with a story I have from Wildfile. So Governor Gordon, and by the way, Governor Gordon will be on his program soon. That's upcoming. It's getting to the point where we're coming up on a legislative session. He has certain things on his agenda, and that includes a budget proposal, which his budget proposal is certainly considered, but so are budget proposals from various committees as well. But, you know, Mark Gordon's the governor, so we talk about that. So here's the latest from Wildfile. This is the beginning of the end of the federal funds that bailed Wyoming out of its last financial bust, according to Governor Mark Gordon, who submitted his written budget recommendation to the legislator on Friday and warned lawmakers of tough decisions that lie ahead. I will give Gordon credit for some things, like, for example, when we had Governor Matt Mead, Matt Mead, Notice that we had a big budget crunch and we needed to cut a lot. And Meade cut a whole bunch from the budget and then said, I can't imagine what else to cut. My answer was, Governor, let's print out that budget and give me a red marker. You're not going to like me, but I'm going to show you what we can cut. Now, Mark Gordon came along and got even more cut. So I give him credit for that. He said the legislator has thoughtfully used some of the unprecedented congressionally mandated funding over the past few years to backfill many of the cuts that were compelled to make a, and we'll put this in quotes, balanced budget, Gordon wrote in a letter. But, see, I don't consider that balancing the budget. When money is being borrowed from future generations and more fake money is being printed and then sent to states to use. That's not balancing the budget. But all right. No, no. The Wyoming budget may look balanced on the books, but the federal budget is now a bigger deficit because of it. And we're still responsible for that. So now, quote, as federal stopgap funding recedes, lawmakers are tasked with a responsible budget and will have to consider difficult cuts. Governor says a realistic and conservative approach means Wyoming must strive to prepare for a future that could see declining revenues and continuing inflationary pressures, despite all of our efforts to the contrary. So while the physical storm or short term looks rosy for Wyoming, the story says the state's revenue stream, which are highly dependent on organic fuels, coal, gas and oil, remain volatile. It's just the last four years, Wyoming has, quote, experienced two opposite amplitudes of the proverbial revenue pendulum, according to the latest report by the Census Revenue Estimating Group, body that's tasked with developing and projecting for, this, uh, for the state. 
So the upswing was derived from extreme temperatures that catapulted natural gas prices, boosting what was forecast. And, and well, we didn't really experience that much ex- extreme temperature. We we got some cold, I guess. But okay, <clears throat> taking the long view, Gordon's budget proposed living with our means. He says it's not just the biennium, but it's for the future. If it's going to keep spending level that we can sustain. Now, if he's talking cuts again, I'm all for it. But all right, the story says, and again, the governor at a future date will be coming on the program to talk about this. So for Gordon, that includes socking away surplus revenue into savings, expanding property tax relief and the 988 suicide prevention hotline, an increase in funds for Wyoming to defend its natural resource interest in court. Wyoming will be spending a lot of money to take the federal government to court on our organic fuels, enable our ability to use it. That means reducing funding for senior citizens, long-term care facilities, mental health services, and people with disabilities. Quote, these choices are painful, and we must recognize they could be consequential for those who have come to rely on the state's federally subsidized capacities over the past few years, Gordon wrote. So in an overview, as part of this year's supplemental budget, the legislator proposed about $1.4 billion into savings. Now, I, again, will give Gordon credit for this. If you're wondering why Wyoming has such a nice, healthy nest egg, in a, a good part of the credit goes to him. To be fair to him, there's things that the governor and I disagree on, but he's been very good with our finances. That's one of the reasons why we have so much. Evenly splitting approximately $735 million into the Permanent Minimal Trust Fund. And it goes into the details about where this money would go. Now the governor is asking lawmakers to add another $530 million split between the two permanent funds to increase the Rainy Day Fund to $1.6 billion. That leaves more than $48.9 million for lawmakers to consider other savings and investments. So you see how he's trying to manage your money here. There's some. There's another place where I can say, and I will say to the governor when I interview him, that I would like him to cut from that would save us a bunch of money and also not add to your electric bill if he does this. But hang on, I'll get to that. Beyond savings, lawmakers have to contemplate the end of the Federal American Rescue Plan Relief Fund and alleviate the need for further cuts beyond those significant reductions. Quote, we now must come back to earth and take responsibility. We don't have the federal government bailing us out with money that, again, it's not like we didn't deficit spend in Wyoming. We did. We just had, we didn't add to our Wyoming deficit. We added to the federal deficit. Either way, that's going to come back to haunt us. So, all right. Lawmakers need to substitute general funds for relief dollars. Basically, get the idea. State revenues higher than expected. That was good. That provides a cushion. Gordon points to the health department as a key example. It costs about $110 million in general funds to maintain the current level of services into this budget. Quote, we will not enjoy the same opportunities today. He said his budget proposes some difficult reductions that are consistent with preserving ongoing spending at the appropriate level. In other health areas, Gordon called for maintaining community mental health. Now, you can get all of this on Wildfile. They go into a lot of detail on this. Here, Governor, is what I would, and I'll talk to him about this in person when I get him on the air. We do spend quite a bit of money 
on carbon capture and sequestration of Wyoming. Get us out of it. Get us out of it. Stop it. Because carbon capture and sequestration doesn't solve anything. It doesn't appease anybody. Those people who want to keep organic fuels in the ground still want to keep them in the ground. Sequestering carbon isn't going to change your mind about that. It never does. We spend a lot of money on something that's completely useless and will not do anything to change the planet's climate. It also increases, as an article recently came out, not just from Wildfile, but I wrote one as well, that shows that uh, carbon sequestration and the money that Wyoming spends on it is also going to increase your utility bills. So how about let's just not do that anymore? That would save us millions right there. 816, wake up Wyoming. It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Join the show at 888-97-WOODS. Eight twenty one's the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Okay, so triple eight ninety seven woods the phone number eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. So okay, you're young, you're hot. I mean, good looking and sweaty too. As your hands are in the air, dancing, big screen TVs, fog rolling in, Greta Thunberg on those televisions above you. As everybody dances to her angry face, how dare you? Yeah, Reddit not happy. So let's take a look at the latest here in the cult of climate change. Uh, there's a prediction, once again, that didn't happen. Five years ago, This it was this past weekend here. So this happened uh, it was, it was Monday, so it would have been Saturday. Five years ago, Saturday. The then California governor said, in less than five years, even the worst skeptics will be believers. When it comes to climate change. Yeah. So I'm not sure how the list of worst skeptics goes here, but here we are five years later. And let's go back. I'll go back to the, let me see, the climate, the extinction clock. Okay. So the weather was supposed to be so hard in five years ago to, to today, right now. Such horrible weather out there that even people who were, as they called them, climate change deniers would be believers because that's how bad everything was going to be. Well, what do you think now? Here in Wyoming, as an example, because worldwide things were actually pretty nice this year. Perfect? No, of course not. It's never perfect. But let's take a look at it. In Wyoming anyway, and across the West, and I mean from Wyoming all the way over to Washington State, down through California, I mean... all of the western states. Boy, do we have a nice season. Our reservoirs are full again. It was green all summer. Temperatures nice and mild. I mean, it was just perfect. But you see, they're only going to scream about climate change when it's something bad. But when it's good climate change, then... Well, we can't talk about that because it's got to be, they got to bring out just the bad stuff that happens. Can't talk about it when it's good. So back to the extinction clock. Let me go back. What was happening five years ago? 
Well, okay, I don't have an exact five year ago, but I do have six years ago. Arctic was supposed to have summer uh, ice free summers by then, six years ago. The Guardian, and I know that Al Gore quoted this as well. The Guardian said, "There's a clear trend down zero this summer. Next year after that, uh, the Arctic will be ice free in the summer times. You will be able to cross over the North Pole by ships." So, six years ago, we crossed that date. It was predicted that the the North Pole was supposed to be ice-free in the summer times and to be able to cross over the North Pole by ship. That was supposed to have happened six years ago. Hasn't happened. One of my favorite predictions. Four years ago, the Maldives Islands were supposed to be completely covered over with water. They're perfectly fine. Four years ago, a 10-year window for climate change that threatened national security, according to John Kerry. We were supposed to have reached that tipping point four years ago. We're fine. Let's see. Uh, three years ago, and the president quoted, climate change will destroy us. We have um, 20 years to fix it. Catastrophic global warming. That was the president at the time. And now... Here we are. That We passed that benchmark three years ago. You see where I'm going with all of this. So when I go back to Governor of California, who said that within five years, it's going to be so horrible on planet Earth that even skeptics will not be skeptics anymore. They'll be believers. How's that working for you? Okay. Oh, that's just wrong. Mike from the video stream in Leeds, South Dakota but I like the cranberry sauce in the can shape. Oh. Okay, you can have it all. I don't... All right. One more thing on the cult of climate change, and we'll get into other topics in the next half hour. Global warming delayed. Well, who could have guessed that? Story says by Steve Maloney, climate hoax falling apart. Earth is not warming as fast as predicted. Has the Earth warmed? Yes. But they're blaming plants for absorbing too much CO2. Here's the story. Trees are getting bigger because of more CO2 in the atmosphere and are likely to be helping to mitigate global warming, according to scientists. A new study from Ohio State University found that tree trunks are much thicker over the past few years. And they're getting thicker because of all the CO2 in here. This is what I, we've talked about many times before. The more CO2 you put into the air, the lusher, greener, thicker plant life becomes. Not just trees, bushes, grass, all of it. Trees are known to act as a buffer against climate change, it says, by putting carbon dioxide, pulling it from the atmosphere. Latest research shows just how much they have been bulking up with all the extra fuel in the air. Now, realize, all of that extra fuel doesn't come from us. Have, have humans been putting more in? Certainly. But what we put in is minuscule compared to what nature naturally puts in. Quote, it's well known that when you put a ton of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, it doesn't stay up there forever, according to Professor of Environmental Resources. So, uh, rarely it's noticed in stories that CO2 in the atmosphere as an, it, it is important for life. It's plant food, basically. It's airborne plant food. So, there's a chart I'm looking at. shows current CO2 levels in the atmosphere. 
were very low at the end of what if they're at the low end plants basically starve but when they're at the high end they do a whole lot better now let me bring up on that go to my climate file here because i have talked about that but i've also brought up experts on that over the past few months. Like, for example, Dr. John Robinson. I mean, the confessional essay by Patrick T. Brown, Ph.D., in the Free Press, entitled, quote, I left out the full truth to get my climate change paper published, end quote. And it's a bombshell that's attracted wide media interest because, A, he is a climate scientist, and, B, he is not a denier, and, C, the paper in question was in Nature, a proudly peer-reviewed publication, and, D, as a real scientist dedicated to following the scientific method as opposed to reaching predetermined results in support of a narrative, he can no longer remain silent. But he had to... Hang on. I was going to play all of it. I tell you what, I'll play it into the next segment along with a couple of others. But uh, basically, climate scientists who have been saying all along we could use more CO2 into the air. And we'll get on to other stories. And it's open phones. 888-97-WOODS-A-PHONE-NOTE. Local news coming your way right after local news update on the weather forecast, and you and I get back into it again. 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. That's 888-97-WOODS. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, triple eight ninety seven was the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. So what I have here is a story that said, and I'll, and I'll give more information on the Wake Up Wyoming site tomorrow. But okay, the the idea that the planet is warming, yeah, it has been for a very long time since before humans were even here. The planet has been going through a warming phase out of the last ice age. All right. And so we're not helping it to get any warmer any faster. We're not experiencing any catastrophic warming trend. This past summer did not have a planetary temperature that set an all-time record. That's not true. So scientists are trying to figure out, well, we predicted that the planet was going to warm this much by this date. Well, here we are at this date, and we're not anywhere near as warm. We're warmer, but nowhere near as warm as predicted. What went wrong? Something in their modeling went wrong, so they started to look at it. And the explanation, well, trees, for example, are much thicker than they had originally thought. It's the amount of CO2 that trees absorb. Now, don't just look at trees. It's grass. It's bushes. It's anything that's plant life absorbs CO2. And plants get thicker, lusher, greener, because I've been reporting to you for quite a while. More CO2 makes a greener planet. That's a NASA study, by the way, among other studies that shows more CO2 makes a greener planet. And so their explanation as to why we're nowhere near as warm as we should be is because, well, CO2 is being absorbed into all of the plants and it's holding back the warming. 
Well, if that's the explanation they want to go with, then that's just fine with me. There is this. I did as the government asked, and I looked at the science when it came to climate change, and this is what I found. According to government figures, Australia is producing 499 million metric tonnes of carbon dioxide per year. But what I also found is that one mature tree will absorb 48 pounds, or 21.77 kilograms, of carbon dioxide per year. And Australia currently has 24 billion standard-sized trees absorbing 453 million metric tonnes of carbon dioxide per year. And that's just trees. doesn't include any other plant life. And particularly, doesn't include mangroves. And mangroves will absorb 50 times more carbon dioxide per year than a standard-sized tree. So why is the government hell-bent on cutting down trees in order to install solar farms when it seems quite obvious from the science that nature has already provided the solution to the problem. Dr. Patrick Moore is one of the co-founders of Greenpeace. He says... Projected CO2 level in the absence of human emissions, there it goes through that red line, everything dies. It could be a million years from now or two, but that's not very long in the situation of life's history. So life would have killed itself inadvertently by creating armor plating in the sea. And we inadvertently are replenish it by finding fossil fuels and making cement. We didn't know that we were doing this positive role. But basically, my paper, The Positive Influence of Human CO2 Emissions on the Survival of Life on Earth, is available on the Internet. And it goes through the whole story. And we are life's savior, salvation, not its destroyer because it would have gone down if we had not intervened, if we had not stopped the continuous sedimentation of carb calcium carbonate on the ocean floor. Now, pardon me if this is the wrong guy here, but uh, I'm looking for a, a Nobel Prize winning laureate who spoke recently on the same issue. Well, let's just look at the data as they are. Let's test the claims that people make about the climate itself. And so... I'm one of those people that builds data sets to test those claims, and the models or a theory is not doing very well in describing what the climate's doing. I think it's more the uh, natural disasters that we hear about, whether it's hurricanes or floods or so on. But if you took a very careful look with consistent data over long periods of time, you will find that these disasters are not increasing. In fact, the health of the world is increasing uh, tremendously. Uh, for example, deaths from weather disasters and so on has gone down about 95 percent. <laughs> in the last hundred years. So we know how to handle the weather uh, disasters that come along, and they really aren't increasing in intensity or frequency either. What you see most is passion on this, and what we need in this debate is dispassionate discourse, and which uh, is brought to bear when you bring data. You will find that these floods are not increasing at some kind of strange rate, or heat waves are not increasing, and we've got the data show it, to show it. Our ignorance of the climate system is enormous. If it were correct, what it shows is that we don't even know how the fundamental heat processes of the of the atmosphere works. And so the models, the theory, the understanding is just still way off from reality at this point. So I have a lot of this, and here's here's what I was looking for here is another uh, climate scientist, another and a Nobel Prize winner, which, of course, irritates these people. But as I go through this, what I'm getting you to listen to here are what actual scientists have to say, not what the media has to say, not what the politicians have to say, but what the actual scientists have to Is say. there currently a climate emergency? Well, there is an emergency. It's an emergency of common sense. 
And um, the other emergency we have is there's not enough carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. It has been decreasing uh, over geological time from 0.7%, which is 500 million years ago, to the current 0.04%. If we halved it, all plant life would die. And we should be thinking very seriously about the long-term future of the planet and feeding plants with plant food, which is carbon dioxide. So we have a, a huge crisis in the education system, which has been dumbed down for the last 60 years. As a result of that, we have people having eco-anxiety and thinking there's a climate crisis. It's actually a crisis of education. So, good morning, Michelle. She's in Greeley, Colorado, listening to all of this. Now, you get the idea, though. And again, I'll, I'll go ahead and put more of this together and, and write it all up uh, for you who want to see the information and see some of the people that I'm talking about. That'll be on tomorrow's Wake Up Wyoming website. Just so you have other information than what you get on, let's call it mainstream media, if you can still call it that. I still call it the obsolete press, but all right. Yeah, plants are getting thicker, greener, lusher, and we have not warmed anywhere near as much as was predicted, despite what they try to tell you. All right, we're getting close to Thanksgiving. If it hasn't happened already, I haven't heard it. Be ready, because there's always those people who want you to go vegan. Mommy, why is Thanksgiving your favorite holiday? Oh, because... Thanksgiving is when America comes together to show what the American spirit is all about. All across the nation, people kill animals and eat them, waving giant middle fingers at PETA. So, I I don't understand. I mean, what, what is... What, what you is, see, real Americans don't like to be told what to do by a bunch of tofu-eating hippies. Yes, but, but... So, we take a goose or a pig or a big bird like this turkey... Yeah, what, and we stuff it. Full of stuffing like this. What, what, then we shove it in a hot oven like so. But, Mom, I mean, shouldn't you kill the bird dead before you did all that? Oh, honey... Your father and I like our meat fresh. This special Thanksgiving holiday message was designed specifically to hack off the condescending long-haired tofu-eating hippies that try to make us meat-eaters feel guilty this time of year. We hope that you enjoy the organic cardboard that you're eating this holiday. In the meantime, we're cooking our fresh kill on coal. 45, wake up my... Download the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app, listen anywhere, and chat live with Glenn during the show on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Eight forty-eight is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to Laramie, where Dave Settle is waiting by. So, Dave, apparently Hawaii got a butt whooping, right? Yeah, they did. Okay. The Cowboys came out and really exploded from the start yeah. on Saturday. Uh, kind of what the doctor ordered, uh, so to speak, for Wyoming in terms of football, especially after their recent struggles, dropping, what, three of their last four games. Yeah. So yeah, okay. they, they needed something like that. And, and I don't know what the, the what lit the fire under the team, but hopefully they can bottle that and take that on the road this Saturday. Maybe the coach just told them, you need to quit sucking. I don't know if I were a coach. but Okay, so when they beat Hawaii here, I know they got a bowl game coming up. Does this give them a better game? 
It, it can. I think yeah, Wyoming yeah. still needs to finish strong. They still need the win this coming Saturday at Nevada, and that's a Saturday night game that's right. uh, 7 o'clock Mountain Time. If they can get to eight wins in the regular season, one, I don't believe they've done that in Coach Bull's era, and two, that positions you a little better in the conference standings. Uh, obviously, Wyoming's not going to win or be in the Mount West Championship game. That went by the wayside with the loss at Boise State a couple weeks ago, but the more wins you have, the more you climb up the conference standings, it looks better. Plus, Wyoming's fan base really in the last, I'm going to say, 15 years has proven how well they travel, comparatively speaking to some other fan bases, and that also generates excitement for a bowl game. Looking at Wyoming going, one, you're bowl eligible, yes, but two, we know your fan base is going to come and attend our game. Now, where the Cowboys go Probably one of three places, I'm guessing, the, uh, the the Idaho Potato Bowl over in Boise, the Arizona Bowl down in Tucson, or the New Mexico Bowl in Albuquerque. Okay. I think it's one of those three spots. That's kind of where we are. And it, depending upon what uh, quote-unquote expert or pundit you look at that covers college football and where bowl game invitations go, really – you get those three options, basically. Right. How do you expect them to do this weekend then? Against I think the Cowboys can win at Nevada. Okay. Nevada's had a struggling season. They're, they're a little bit better than they were last year, but not very good. Uh, if Wyoming can find a way to carry the type of performance they had at home on Saturday to the road, yeah. I think they get this one done. I, I could see like about a 10-point win for Wyoming on the road. That but nice. uh, they, for whatever reason, they have just struggled under Coach Craig Bowl. Uh, on the road in his tenure, and it, okay. it doesn't matter how right. well they're playing; it just something changes on the road, and and they're right. trust me, fan base has a lot to say about that. But it was an explosive first half, fueled by the Wyoming offense and a smothering Cowboy defense. Pokes rolled over Hawaii, forty-two to nine on Saturday. They scored five touchdowns in their first six possessions. It got going with Andrew Peasley at a forty-four-yard touchdown pass to Ryan Marcus, an eighty-nine-yarder to John Mike Gillenborg. Harrison Whaley added a touchdown run of 28 yards. Peasley found Wyatt Whelan from 40 yards out. Then Asante, uh, Ayer Asante had a six-yard touchdown run. And all of a sudden, it's 35 nothing in halftime. And even though Hawaii scored a couple times in the third quarter, that game was over. Wyoming added a late Evans Foboda, the backup quarterback, ran it in from 18 yards out. 42-9, to the final score in that game on Saturday. And a lot of things went right. Peasley. 14 of 17, very efficient, 319 yards and three touchdowns. He did actually get sacked three times. But the Cowboys, John Mike Gillenborg had three catches for a buck 28 and a touchdown. Ayer Asante, four grads for 52. Uh, and so, again, the Cowboys ran roughshod over the Rainbow Warriors. Harrison Wade added 70 yards on the ground as Wyoming put up 153 on the ground and 319 through the air. And so Wyoming and their defense really came to play at the same time, folks. Uh, they held uh, the Hawaii team that had just come off an upset against Air Force the week before to 345 yards. Wyoming head coach Craig Bowles said, we came out with a great deal of energy. Obviously, we're really pleased with the start. Andrew bounced back, and he played, I thought, maybe his best ball game. Hawaii's a good emerging football team, and we knew they'd be physical. Uh, we thought it would be really important to get a good start. Uh, so a big, big win. The other thing, too, I know our mantra is 1-0, and uh, but when you start tallying them up, that's 7-0. and And Nick did inform me that's first time ever, so I don't know. Ever's a long time. So, I, you know, we don't want to minimize that. Uh, and we really wanted to send our seniors out 
on a high note. And the Cowboys do exactly that. Seven and zero for the first time in program history at War Memorial Stadium. And the Cowboys also set a single season attendance record uh, with a crowd of over eighteen thousand on Saturday. They uh, finished at one hundred sixty two thousand one forty four, breaking the previous record of one hundred forty nine back in the nineteen ninety season. The Wyoming Cowboy football team improving to seven and four on the season, four and three in the conference. Cowboy basketball went two and one after losing their first game at the Myrtle Beach Invitational on uh, Friday. And they ended up bouncing back beating, or on Thursday, excuse me, they ended up bouncing back beating the College of Charleston 67 to 60 Friday and then beat Furman 78 71 to finish fifth place in that tournament. They're off until Sunday at Texas. Cowgirl basketball lost to Gonzaga on Saturday and they're back in action tomorrow at home against Shadron State. More on that next hour. Thank you, Dave. We'll do it again next hour. Coming up on some local business we got to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on your weather forecast. Then you and I come rolling back into it for more open phones. Triple A 97. Woods is the number. That's 888 97 Wake Up Wyoming. Pardons two turkeys. And I'm thinking, which two turkeys would you like to pardon? So White Eagle from Arapaho says the vice president and his press secretary. Well, I'm thinking that the president would like to pardon his son for one. As one of the turkeys. You tell me, though. All right, 888 Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-WOODS. See, a lot of you thought we were done with this, but ladies and gentlemen, we're back to COVID Is news. This is this just allergies? the whole COVID thing. I'm glad we finally got through all of that. And there's still people who are pushing the idea. And you're supposed to get out there and get vaccinated. Well, so far, and they've been pushing this for quite a while, only 3.6% of Americans got any kind of an updated COVID shot. The latest COVID-19 boosters, the story said, have been authorized since August, nine weeks later. Were all the photos of politicians and celebrities getting vaccinated. Remember that? I would suppose the president got his booster shots, but where are all the publicity photos of that? I did hear when I was walking through my local grocery store, there was an announcement over the speaker, just one of their commercials when they stopped the Muzak for a while. Don't forget, you can head over to our pharmacy and get your flu shot and your COVID shot. It's important to get your COVID shot, they said. I didn't see anybody walking over there to get their shot. The story says, despite eschewing much of social media, television, trendy media stories, this author says, I still couldn't avoid major mainstream news outlets in 2021 and 2022. All about the Hollywood types and public officials who were getting their shots and saying vaccine and making sure to appear on television getting their shots. Are Americans 
about done with this. Why have so few only gotten their booster shots? Now, meantime, I have this story. Well, I mean, 3.6% of the booster, 3.6% of Americans have gotten this latest booster shot. It just seems to me that people are done. All right, so... Headline, Army scrambling to get back soldiers it kicked out over the military's vaccine update. The the military needs, they really do need more recruits. Military's been having some trouble getting people. And when they do get people, a lot of times, both physically and mentally, they're in no shape to be in the military. Story says... The Army now appears to be trying to bring back into service soldiers that kicked out over the Biden administration's policy to remove service members who rejected their vaccine mandate, according to a letter from the Army uh, several former soldiers posted online. The letter addressed to a former service member states that there is a new Army guidance that would correct military records of those kicked out. So not only can you come back, but there wouldn't be any bad mark on your record, it says. The letter instructed former soldiers on how they could get their records corrected. Then added individuals who desire to apply to return to service and should contact their local Army Reserve, recruiters, etc. And then it shows where to go. Here's a, a tweet. I still say tweet. I still can't say X. Maybe I'll get used to it at some point. A letter going out to soldiers which says former soldiers who are involuntarily separated for refusal to receive the COVID-19 vaccine may request a correction of the record. It also says individuals who desire to apply to return where they should contact. And it shows the actual letter. Okay. So if you want to go back. They will, I I would guess that many of you have already cleaned up your, well, for those who want to go back, I mean, to have your record just to sponge like that, I think it's probably the best way to go. And we just won't talk about this anymore. I guess this is what they're after. But the military is desperate to get people back, so they had to go ahead and change that policy. Which, to me, says a lot about the problems with the policy in the first place. For those, I was on the side of, for those people who didn't want to get vaccinated, they shouldn't have been pushed out, not just to the military, but anywhere else. It's a personal decision. You're supposed to be a free person in a free country. Now, having said that, I still am a little surprised when I turn a corner and see someone wearing a mask. Not my business. I'm more of the libertarian person, as you know. Not my business. If somebody wants to wear a mask, go ahead. I can tell you why you're not doing anything effective based on the science, as I understand it, but go ahead and do that. However, though, I still have a problem with communicating with these people. Having trouble understanding people through their masks. <laughs> I don't, I just, I don't understand. Yes, living through the COVID era has caused a lot of communication problems, sometimes with tragic results. I, I don't understand. Why did you hit me? But there's not to be a problem anymore. Not with Muffled, the new COVID mask translator. Oh, no, you don't need to take any language course. Just download the app. And now 
now you can understand what the lady at the grocery store register is actually saying to you. Or about you. Yes, perfect for those social gatherings. Those business meetings. Those romantic encounters. Much like buying a new hearing aid, Muffles clears up what people are actually saying behind those masks so conversations can make sense again. Muffles, the mask translator, now with a new plexiglass filtration system. So what about when, you remember when he had to go, to, it never happened here in Wyoming, but there were certain restaurants that, uh, in California was a big one. You want to eat here, you got to show your vaccination card. Now there were some restaurants that flat out refused to participate in that. And some of those restaurants went to court, some went out of business, there were problems. Most restaurants were not at all bothered by it. And again, especially here in Wyoming, the vast majority of any kind of mandates, Wyoming just ignored. Uh, but it depends on where you were. But yeah, there were those restaurants. Hello, thanks for dining with us this evening. How many? Uh, table for two, please. Sure. And your name? Jesse. Great. And do you and your guests have a vaccine? We do. Can you tell me who our server will be? Uh, looks like Brad will be your server tonight. Great, great. Can you show us Brad's vaccination card? Uh, and also, can you provide me with proof that Brad is not a carrier of HIV, hepatitis A or B, or any other communicable diseases? Well, uh, also, we would prefer not to be served by someone who is on or using recreational drugs such as marijuana, cocaine, meth, fentanyl, etc. So, if you could just provide us with Brad's most recent talk screen, that would be great. Uh, let me get the manager for you. That would be great. Thanks. Okay. Well, <laughs> turnabout's fair play. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Twenty-one's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Triple eight nine seven Woods is the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. So they <laughs> lied to us. I this is going to come as a shock to you, but Biden and his administration lied to you. I know they always do. Headline. Well, let's go back a bit. Remember, they told you that we're not coming after your gas stoves and gas furnaces. We're not. Lie. Headline, Biden used Cold War law to nuke your gas furnace. That's a pretty good headline. Remember, it says, when nothing more than right-wing fear-mongering that Democrats were going to outlaw your gas appliances. It was more an more innocent time, it says. But check your notes. Democrats went quickly from nobody is going to take away your gas appliances to Biden invokes wartime powers to fund electric heaters as he cracks down on gas appliances. Hmm. Where did that come from? Well, wartime power. What wartime powers? One of these things, uh, well, there are millions of dollars thrown around to your cronies, it says in the story. And sure enough, Biden will dole out another $169 million of your tax dollars to boost the production of electric heat pumps. 
What gives Biden the authority to throw money around like a drunken congressman? Forget drunken sailor. Drunken congress. It used to, come to think of it, it used to be, boy, you spend money like a drunken sailor. Oh, forget it. You spend money like a drunken congressman. And most of them are, don't even have to be drunk to do it. And sure enough, $160 million will go to this. Okay, so Congress will, to further its environmental agenda, a 1950 law called the Defense Production Act, which was meant to protect and promote wartime materials. Biden is using it to make these heat pumps. Okay, and then try to push these heat pumps, slip it under the radar to get these heat pumps done and change some rules through, you know, some of your government bureaucracies to make it more difficult for you to purchase gas stoves or even just the gas to go into stove. Story says you might think Biden will use the DPA to ramp up production of actual defense materials like needed military artillery shells, stuff like that. No, this isn't the first time it says that Biden has used the Defense Production Act to promote its radical green agenda. Last year, he invoked the DPA to suspend Donald Trump's tariffs on Chinese solar panels. White House called it bold executive action. Because we need to get solar panels, and of course we have to get them from China, right? Yeah, all right. Biden's action to promote heat pumps was necessary because Biden's new regulations on gas furnaces will make it unfavorable where they weren't unavailable, unaffor- unaffordable, excuse me, where they weren't unavailable. So there were new regulations that went, they're supposed to go into effect in 2028. Biden ruled mandates that all new gas furnaces operate at 95% efficiency. Up from today's 80%. Non-condensing furnaces use... And this is something that they they do a lot here. Uh, So we have something that works, okay, 80% efficiency. You're always going to have some loss. How do you put that out of business? Well, we need 90% efficiency. We need 95% efficiency. And, of course, it's not achievable... And because it's not achievable, companies like this end up going out of business. During a new, so let's say you wanted to build a new house. And let's say it's 2028. Did your old furnace die? What about that? Do you want to buy a new one for your house? What if you live in a house where you decide, hey, I think I'll put in, it doesn't have anything gas, but I'm going to put in something gas. Because, hey, for example, where we are, we're in Wyoming. And there's times when, man, winter can hit hard. And sometimes the power lines go down. Would it be nice to have a gas furnace out there? Because that's going to keep running. Sorry, says, so have you thought it was expensive to install a new furnace today? Wait until you get the estimate for switching over to an entirely new heating system or just buying a new one. The heat pump industry already got its $169 million from Biden. Things are going just fine. So we subsidize the industry. Biden subsidizes the industry that he wants you to go for. Right? Then he puts the squeeze on the industry that he wants you out of. And he's trying to do the same thing with electric cars. You might also need to install an oil heater for backup since heat pumps don't work as well in extremely cold weather. 
Extreme in this case means anything much below freezing. You can install a special cold weather heat pump, which surprise everybody, costs even more money. So that's what they do then. What, what they do is they try to Im- improve efficiency. Here's a story. I have the same thing from uh, Fox News. President Biden invoked a Cold War era law in a surprising move Friday to pour taxpayer funds into domestic manufacturing of electric heat pumps. Again, subsidizing who he wants to win. While putting in regulations to squeeze the other guy out. Sounds like our coal and natural gas plants right here in Wyoming, doesn't it? It's the same exact thing. In a joint announcement, White House Department of Energy said the federal government will award a historic $169 million for nine projects in 15 states in an effort to accelerate heat pump manufacturing. This is where I've said many times before, what the government really needs to do is get out of the marketplace. You as a homeowner will decide what's best for you. You'll consider what your needs are. Now, like I said, I I like the idea of having an electric house, but I know when it gets really cold out there, sometimes the electricity goes out. And so I'm going to, if gas is a nice backup to something like this, it's not hard to do. I'll make my own decision based on my own needs, based on what my wallet will dictate as well. I'll make my own decisions. But of course, here comes the Biden administration. If they can't dictate it, and they've tried, then they'll try to coerce it through squeezing on one side. And inflating on the other side by offering subsidies with money that they don't really have. This is why I like to get the government out of the marketplace. Coming up on 930 local news coming your way. Update on your weather forecast after that. Wake up, Wyoming. He's not a politician, but his pants are on fire. Could someone grab an extinguisher? Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. I'm just happy to be here. Still, I know the world's on fire. The situation's dire. A lot of work and courage gonna be required, but... I'm just happy to be here. 9.36 the time. So, okay, this is something that I started with early this morning. But I know a lot of you folks are not up at 6 o'clock when I start right out of the gate. So I'm just going to repeat this real quick, just part of it for you guys. Story came out, Wyoming Public Media, which I'm going to respond to tomorrow by writing my own own article in response to this. And I'm going to send it to Wyoming Public Media, which I know they're not going to bother with it. But all right. They're really confused. The Biden administration has spent about fifty billion, was it? Yeah, I think it's uh fifty billion. In the Mountain West area, not just Wyoming, but in the Mountain West area. And they've done so much for you people. How come Biden's approval ratings are so low? I mean, downtown Cheyenne, Wyoming has gotten all sorts of uh, upgrades because of federal money. 
and they spent some money on roads and bridges and so on. But then they spent money, and this is what the article actually talks about. It talks about making sure that we have clean, reliable, affordable energy by giving us wind and solar, which, as you know, is not clean, not reliable, or not affordable. And then it talks about all the money they spent on carbon sequestration, which we should be happy, but which we're not. Because not only does it not do anything, but it's upping our utility rates. There's several articles, not just from me, but from Wildfile and other groups about how this raises our utility rates. But why don't we like Biden? He's given us so much money, pumping money into our communities. Well, besides the fact that he's pumping money into things that we don't want, that are not good for us, that are causing inflation. But at the same time, he's putting the squeeze on coal, on gas, on oil, on ranching and farming. These are our major industries out here, and the Biden administration is putting the squeeze on them. But he's pumped so much money into the area. I, I, don't, I don't understand. The article goes on and on about all of the impacts, they say, of all of the money that they've pumped into Wyoming. Why don't... But why is it... Gee, I mean, the Wyoming people, you're so heavily in the tank for Trump. How come you don't like Biden more? His ratings have not gone up or down in Wyoming. It's always been low in Wyoming. They don't understand that. That's what I was picking apart this morning. And I was and I'll continue to do it tomorrow as well, because Wyoming public media doesn't get. Oh, and the guy is a liar. And needs to be in jail, and so does his son. And we've gone through all of this before, too. So besides all of the scandals and on and on it goes, COVID mandates, we didn't appreciate. He's anti-Biden's anti-gun. I mean, honestly speaking, he talks down to us when he does talk about us. So there's a lot of reasons why people out in this part of the country are not really appreciative. And the so, yeah, the Biden administration has been pumping a lot of money into Mountain West states. Oh, I'm sure Colorado loves it. But why why doesn't a state like Wyoming and other states that are like Wyoming, how come we just don't appreciate all that he's doing? Well, for some of what I just mentioned and a whole lot more. But this is the Wyoming public media story. So the headline of it is, billions in new federal money is coming to rural West. Are people noticing? And then it gets into their confusion about, but why aren't people more appreciative of all of this? And it even mentioned things like um, the Cheyenne Regional Airport, Jerry Olson Field. Uh, they, they have a new terminal there. And, and I've used it. It's very, It's a very attractive and very efficient terminal. And people look at it and go, yeah, I like stuff like that. But as as much as the roads and bridges and things like that are really good for us, sure. But it's also done on heavily borrowed money. We don't have the money. This is borrowed on future generations. This is going to come back and really hurt us big time. As Biden lies and says, I cut the budget by a trillion dollars. You did not. You added about 13 trillion. Let's just go ahead and borrow and print more and just pump it into the economy and then get confused as to why Biden's poll numbers nationwide just continue to go 
down and down and down. So again, look for an article tomorrow on the Wake Up Wyoming site. Oh, I did get, well, I'll address that tomorrow. Cheesehead is in Judah. He says, I couldn't agree more about our own decisions. I'm actually buying a mini split, mostly for my air conditioning, my Wyoming home, but we'll take advantage of its efficiency in the heating. The unit I'm purchasing heats all the way down to negative 13 Fahrenheit, but loses the efficiency battle at 10 Fahrenheit. It's purely a secondary heat source. I'll be relying on gas as my main source. And I have an old-fashioned coal stove to keep the cats warm. And actually, that's something that the... I appreciate that, Judah, that I know that the EPA really doesn't want to hear. EPA tried to get rid of wood stoves a while ago. Yeah, they really tried to get rid of wood stoves a while ago. They would hate the fact that here in Wyoming, and I personally know of some people who have big pot-bellied stoves right in their living room. And they just throw coal into it. It's Wyoming. There's coal out there. Go get some. Throw it right into your pot belly stove. I know a lot of people. Well, not a lot, but a few people who do that. Oh, they would just hate that. 943, Wake Up Wyoming. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. On air, online, and on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is K2 Radio. Forty-eight is the time. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to talk to David Settle, who's in for Frank Gambino. So, as you know, we're just a few days out from a very important holiday, David. And over the next few days, nobody at school or work are actually getting anything done. Speak for yourself. I got a lot <clears throat> to get done. Really? Couple of days. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you need to get with it here. People are at, at construction sites. Yeah. People are working on their tool belts and digging through their toolboxes and maybe now and then acting like they're about to lift something, but it's not actually getting done. Right. In right. offices. No, I, I understand where you're going with yeah, this. In offices, people are shuffling papers mm-hmm. and uh, scribbling with their pen. Now and then they'll pick up the phone and act like they're dialing something, right? Yeah. But no one's actually doing anything. <laughs> okay. Let's yeah, let's go to school. What, it's like the day after the Super Bowl. Yeah. And a couple other days throughout the year where it's like, yeah, you're Nobody's not really, really doing that. No, no. Well, the day after New Year. You want to show back up to work? Please. So in schools, when I was a kid, we knew that on a week like this, teachers would roll in the uh, old movie projector because we're yeah. going to watch. Oh, yeah. Today, they turn on the TV. You're going to watch an important documentary, and I want you to take notes, and we'll discuss it. And the lights go out, and nobody's really paying attention. Oh, I'm sure that one young couple over there is actually making out. And right. when it's all done with, nothing was actually accomplished. So the closer we get to Wednesday, the less gets done. Yeah, that's very, very true. Very, very mm, true. Yeah. Okay. Now I the, still have a lot to get done, though, today and tomorrow. Well, and and on Wednesday. I, too. Well, I hope you hurry up so you can at least take Wednesday off as well. Yeah. Now we'll the see. the trick, though, Dave, is. Don't work so hard at looking like you're not working that looking like you're not working becomes more than the work you actually do. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what mm. it is. Yeah, yeah, because I, I can see now, like, for example, for the past four hours, I have been pretending to do a radio show. <laughs> <clears throat> pretending yeah. to care about what's going on? I, exactly. Like, for I'm going to hit the sounder in just a moment, and you're going to give sports here. 
I will not be paying attention to you. Yeah, that's and usual. And you could talk about anything, not even sports. <laughs> and not only do I not care, Dave, nobody out there cares because nobody is paying attention to anything over the next couple of days. It's a holiday. We're all waiting for the holiday weekend. I am waiting for the holiday weekend. I will admit that, uh, but I also have to go out of town. All right, thank you very much, uh, Glenn. Good morning, everybody. I did actually pay attention and will for the next couple of days. I do actually have legit work to get done. Cowboy basketball team did some work after losing their opening game at the Myrtle Beach Invitational last Thursday to St. Louis, 79-69. Cowboys bounced back with two wins in their last two games to take fifth in that tournament. They beat the College of Charleston 67-60 to on Friday and then knocked down 12 three-pointers yesterday on their way to a 78-71 win over Furman. The Pokes had four players in double figures with Sam Griffin and a Quail Cop, each adding 20-plus in the contest. Griffin, a season-high 26 points, went 11 of 19 from the field, also added four assists. Cott scored 20 points along with four rebounds. He was named to the all-tournament team, and after six games over two seasons in the tournament, is an all-time leading scorer. Uh, Caden Powell uh, added his first career double-double with 13 points and 13 rebounds. After the tournament was done, head coach Jeff Leonard felt good about what he got out of this. We got what we needed out of this coming in. Uh, we knew that it was going to be a challenge, and that's what we needed. And to, uh, you know, to play two teams, you know, and really, I mean, it's a neutral site game, but to play two teams from South Carolina and to play them in South Carolina, it's like almost road wins. And for us to just show a, a real a real good collective great toughness, I, mean, I think that's the thing that just excites me is that they really like playing for one another. They allow us to coach them. And for the Cowboys, they improved to 4-1 and one on the season. Next up, they go to 19th-ranked Texas coming up on Sunday, the 26th. That game will start at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, Mountain Time. In the meantime, the Wyoming Cowgirls suffered a tough loss on the road at Gonzaga on Saturday, 80-64. to They shot a season-high 53%, knocked down a season-best eight three-pointers. But the big difference was in rebounding. Gonzaga enjoyed a 36-24 edge on the glass, which led to 24 second-chance points. And they were able to put up 17 more shots, plus Wyoming had 16 turnovers. A 14-0 run in the first quarter gave Gonzaga the lead, and they went at 80-64. to Cowgirls 2-2 and on the season. Next up, they will take on Shatteron State in Education Day, 11 a.m. tomorrow at the Arena Auditorium. And uh, we'll have coverage on KWB here in Laramie at 10.30 tomorrow morning. And in case you missed it, the Wyoming Cowboy football team rolled past Hawaii 42-9 to Saturday. They scored touchdowns on five of their first six possessions, built a 35-0 lead at halftime. Andrew Peasley threw for 317 yards and three touchdowns. Cowboys put up a season high in total offense with 472 yards and also held Hawaii to a season low for their defense of nine points. Cowboys improving on the season to seven and four overall, four and three in the Mount West. They play at Nevada on Saturday. That's a 7 p.m. kickoff. We'll have that game for you on KWB and Laramie and K2 and Casper. And that is your sports today. We'll talk some more high school stuff tomorrow. I'm sorry, what? Oh, no. Um, when I take a look at what the Cowboys, I don't know this. I you have to help me out here. But it sounds like 42 is what they got. Is that their score for the Cowboys? Yeah, 42 points, yes. yes. Okay, it was so first off, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Everybody knows why that's funny. Next thing is, wow, uh, th- that's pretty high for football. Yes, yeah, yeah, well, really high for the Pokes. Yeah, all right. We'll do it again tomorrow, Dave. Thank you very much. Wake up, Wyoming.